When I was growing up, my dad was the city engineer for the city of North Canton, which is my hometown. And part of the responsibility of the city engineer is to plan, propose, supervise, and evaluate road construction. Summer is a busy season for road work. As anyone who has been on vacation and passed mile after mile of orange barrels knows, summer is a busy season for road work. But what you might not know is what happens when the son of the city engineer goes back to school. So along with new pencils and new shoes and new back-to-school clothes, the son of the engineer gets a lot of new complaints. For whatever reason, everybody at school felt that they could just come up to me with whatever sort of grievance they had related to construction going on in their neighborhood. So my classmates would come up to me and funnel all the frustration of their parents right into me and say, you know, thanks a lot. Thank your dad for tearing up the road. Like he's out there single-handedly with a pickaxe chipping up the asphalt, right? And not just my peers, but my teachers, too, would complain to me about the inconvenience of detours and delays. When I was really young, it was hard not to take this all personally. I learned from a young age that there's a close connection between what a father does and how a son is perceived. Looking back, it's not so bad if you're the son of a respected, capable, and competent public servant. It might be a little more difficult if you're the son of an alcoholic or a drug addict or a criminal. Back to school might mean going back to being bullied or beaten up or shamed. We are all tempted to label people, to define them, to determine what they're capable of, what their potential is based on our own limited knowledge. And the murmuring Jews in today's reading from the Gospel of John are doing exactly that to Jesus. They say, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph? Do we not know his father and mother? Well, they actually don't know what they think they know. They don't know Joseph. They don't know the man who is most likely the most just and righteous man in the whole history of Israel, who has been given by God the responsibility to guard and to care for God's own mother and the savior of the world, to lead them to Egypt and back, to be in Nazareth, the human model of fatherhood for Jesus, to be the spouse of Mary, the mother of God. That's not the Joseph that they know. That's the Joseph that we know. And they don't know Mary, the immaculate mother of God, who the archangel Gabriel appeared to her and told her that she would bear a son who would be the savior of the world. And since that time, she has been carrying in her heart and pondering the singular grace and destiny of her son's mission to redeem the world. They don't know the mother of Jesus, but we do.
And they certainly, if they don't know Joseph and they don't know Mary, the murmuring Jews do not really know who Jesus is. But we do. Those of us who believe in Jesus, who are familiar with the Gospel of John, from the very beginning, we're on the inside track. John 1.1 In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All things came to be through him, and without him nothing came to be. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. But let us not be too hard on the Jews in John's Gospel and think that we are free from mistaking Jesus' identity or that we're free from forgetting our own identity. Do we truly believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, the Son of our Heavenly Father? Do we live as children of God? brothers and sisters in Christ? <coughs> or do we accept the labels of our classmates and co-workers? Do we define ourselves based on party politics, social status, or conspicuous consumption? Sometimes we act less like sons and daughters of a loving father and more like Elijah in the first reading from the Book of Kings, who laments, Take my life, for I am no better than my father's. Elijah is on a spiritual journey, and at this moment, he is having an identity crisis. He forgets that he has been called to be a prophet. He's been set apart by Almighty God to remind God's chosen people of their covenant relationship with their Heavenly Father. Elijah's fathers are not the failed kings of Israel who he's come to proclaim God's message to. Elijah's fathers are the proven patriarchs of God's family, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the ones that God has promised to bless them and all of their descendants throughout the ages. Our Father also promised to send a Savior. Jesus knows who he is, the beloved Son of the Father. Jesus knows what he is about, that he has been given this mission to draw all of us, the lost and forgetful children, back to our Heavenly Father. This is what is happening at Mass. That is why we encourage others to attend Mass with us. That is why we send an invitation to our neighbors and co-workers and friends who are not Catholic to go to RCIA and to check it out, to become Catholic, so that they too can participate in what is happening at Mass. Because in Mass, we participate in a real and powerful way by this sacred mystery in the perfect offering 
of the Son to the Father. We are drawn up into the love between the Father and the Son, the love who is the Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Mary, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we receive the Father's gift of love and are able to offer that love in return. If we follow Jesus, if we surrender to this movement of the Spirit in our lives and in the liturgy, then we will experience what St. Paul said to the Ephesians. We begin to remove all bitterness, fury, anger, shouting, and reviling, along with all malice from our thoughts, words, and actions. We are kind to one another, compassionate, forgiving each other as we have been forgiven in Christ. In doing so, we become imitators of God, his beloved children, and live in love as Christ has loved us and handed himself over for us as a sacrificial offering to God. What St. Paul says to the Ephesians is not just for the Ephesians, it happens for us too. Strengthened by the Eucharist and the Holy Spirit, we become what we receive and enter into a life of self-sacrificing love of God and neighbor. Brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we are not defined by our parents' failures or profession. We are not the sum of our own mistakes and weaknesses. We are not the product of what we wear, plus who we hang out with, plus where we work. We are the sum of the Father's love for us. We are the sum of the Father's love for us. He loves us into existence. This love pours out from the pierced side of his son, Jesus, on the cross. This love will pour out on this altar through the Holy Spirit, change bread and wine into the body and blood of Jesus. This love the love that truly defines us. We receive in the Eucharist the bread come down from heaven that is our first taste of eternal life.